You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Half hour! Hello, and welcome to Half Hour, an entertainment podcast through Two Worlds Entertainment. I'm Jeff. And I'm Richie. And we're here to bring you a casual conversation on all the shows, music, concerts that we listen to and experience throughout our careers. Mm -hmm. So today's conversation may feature some spoilers. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. check out the content that we're going to be talking about and then come and listen with us. So it is Monday, March 27th. Yes. Good morning, everyone. (laughs) We're we're doing our podcast on Mondays now, so you all get the Monday scoop from the weekend. Mm -hmm. And here we are, new week. Here we are, and we are now going into Broadway land. And Mr. Richie, tell us about Shucked and what Shucked is all about. Is it about corn? (laughs) It's about corn. I would like to put a disclaimer out that I'm losing my voice. So maybe some of you listening will be like, oh, maybe I'll talk less. (laughs) Because I know I talk a lot. Bear with me, please. I don't know what's going on. I'm just... Doing a lot of teaching and running around, and I'm just losing my voice. But it's I'll that be time fine. of the year. It's that time of year. I'll be fine. I feel fine. I just voice is gone. So we're gonna try my best here. Thank God I have this microphone really close up. So yes, shocked on Broadway, the Nederlander Theater, brand new musical comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, we were invited by Shuck to go check this out. We had a great time. I just want to tell a little bit people about it. It's got a book by Robert Horn, music and lyrics by Brandy Clark and Shane McAnally, with uh, choreography by Sarah Oglebe and direction by Jack O'Brien. Mm-hmm. When I went to the box office to pick up the tickets, the box office person said, "Oh, um, are, you, are you ready to get shocked? You know, everything's about getting, going to get shocked, and this is all the whole marketing with it. Let's get shocked." And I was tonight. like, "Oh, sure." I was like, "I know nothing about this." She's like, "That's great." The, and and you're going to go in blind. That's great. That's what the box office person said. And I think I was really happy to know almost nothing about this. I think it's, and sometimes I don't always think no that. Way. Yeah. But no some shows way. I like to, <laughs> it's interesting because this is a show that not only did I know nothing about, but they're purposefully not letting you know a lot about it. Yeah. For a show that doesn't have stars attached to it and did have an out of town tryout, but doesn't have a ton of, commercialism with it photos videos to kind of find they're trusting their audience really it's a big trust but this is what musical theater did a long time ago you just trusted what you were going to go see um through maybe some word of mouth at most um i thought this was so refreshing and exactly what we kind of need right now Mm -hmm. in the broadway space uh really funny laugh out loud musical comedy about silliness with a heart though a big heart and fun some crazy good vocals and just a good time overall i feel like it was just all the audience around us was just laughing having such a great time do you agree with that oh i totally agree i actually wrote down just a little line here that i thought that the comedy in this show was comedy gold yeah and it is corny good yeah okay corny good and overall, I was truly entertained by the show. It was fun. And it's just one of those shows that you can just like go in and you don't have to expect anything from it, which was kind of great. I think sometimes everything is so is taken so seriously on Broadway that this show, you don't have to. You can yeah. just go in, you can maybe have a cocktail, you can meet up with friends before, and then just go and have a good laugh yeah. out loud time. It's funny because I almost feel like it kind of follows the path of like hee-haw 
meets like Green Acres. There's that like 60s sitcom, like fun, campy, those shows of the 60s. Like the Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah, kind of a little (laughs) bit like that. Or like Green Acres is when the wealthy family moved to the farm. And, And so there was like a lot, there's like comedy in that. And then there's this also like, when you look at Book of Mormon, I feel like it's following a lot of Book of Mormon. You take two different groups of people and put them together and comedy ensues. Same thing. It's like how comedy works. You take two of the most opposite types of people or groups of people and you put them together. And so I think, and Book of Mormon was also like, what's Book of Mormon? What? No one knew what that was about. And then it was a smash hit. So I Mm -hmm. think there's something to be said about not beating us over the head with all these releases of videos and promo and just like trust it go have a good time and laugh you know well i think what they're doing too but which is very smart with their marketing campaign is the whole get shucked thing yeah and they're having an it's kind of just like the play on words there that everyone is kind of just following along and they're tagging about it and it's it's building a different hype than we're seeing other shows build hype for their their actual releases and sometimes we talk about this a lot where it's like um what is that show doing for any marketing? Yeah. And I think that this show is doing, it's finding its right audience. Yeah. Because when we were there, the typical audience was not that Broadway, you know, kind of tend to be leaning old audience. This was very young yeah. and fresh yeah. when I was in there. And I was like, oh, they're they're pushing for that. Yeah. They're getting younger people to come to this show and talk about it. Yeah. So, you know, you have to applaud them a little bit in that as well, that they believe in their show and they know who their audience is. Let's you know, f- after we saw the show, I immediately started telling friends, you got to go see that. And some of our friends did. And they were like, wow, I'm so happy you told me to yeah. see this show. Yeah. They were like, I love it. The music's so good. And, you know, so, yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about some of these specifics in this. I found that for me personally... I thought the comedy was the strongest point. There were some really great acting moments. I think Alex Newell is the star of this piece. Yeah. And they are just working so hard in this show. Well, let's just get that out of the way. Stand up performance it's a of this. Tony piece nomination is for sure. Alex Newell. The, by people far. stood up mid show. The yeah. song that they sing is amazing. Yeah. And I'm just blown away by Alex Newell's whole performance. I, I don't know the actual this. song title names because they don't have them in the playbill. And, and I think can't. that's part of the marketing of this yeah. is to not let you know too much, right? Um, what, one thing I was going to ask you about that. When a show's in previews, do you know if they don't put a track listing in the playbill just in case anything gets cut? Maybe. I actually don't know. That could be a good point. It might I, be. I, I was like, why would they not have... Because sometimes, usually every show has a list of the scenes or the musical yeah. numbers. And I was wondering, oh, maybe they're still in maybe. like... It's early previews right now, so maybe they might be cutting things. Because this show doesn't open until... Like early April. Right. So. But I also found that from a score perspective, I didn't think it was... The, the the most memorable score. I couldn't really tell you any of the songs. I also found that it was one too many ballads. It seemed to be very country music ballad after ballad. Yeah. Um, I was. I know maybe this show didn't really call for it. I love, but I loved the big barrel dancing number at the end, and I kind of wish there was just another corny, you know, cheesy dance moment. Not like, like huge Oklahoma, but something else. And I just found like a lot of the stand and sing was a little bit too much for me. And I wish there was just a little bit more diversity in some of the music. The score was okay for me. Uh, It's going to be like our new word in this episode. Is is it corny? Corny, Right. right. (laughs) Is it corny? Right. Like dancing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I also thought um, Andrew Durand was really amazing in the lead um, male role. Andrew Durand and Gray Henson and Ashley D. Kelly as the the narrators. narrators were amazing. The storytellers. They drove that show. I was yearning. For them. When they did the scene where they were switching the hat and then the 
you know, they were being the two people on the phone. That's hard. That's old mm-hmm. comedy, you know. That's and that's so great. And they they're just owning those roles. Yeah. And they have like they have such a great moment at the end. And I feel like that's something I don't want to give away in this podcast episode. Oh. I feel like I do want people to actually experience that when they have own. that moment. I'm like, oh, like there was the heart yes. that I was like, ah. Oh. This is our moment where we're going to talk about something that none of you know about, and we know about Maybe, it, unless yeah. you've seen the show. And, and I didn't the see show, that coming, by the way. I, I did, did, I not, did not see that coming at all. I was like, I oh, this either. just put this up a notch of just the warmth of a story and telling a story and the generational impacts that storytelling yes. can have. And it brings the show full circle. It does. Where I think that, that this show was ready for Broadway. Yeah. So where some of the shows that are on Broadway right now, I'm like, they are not ready yeah. for Broadway. This one, I think, has a full thought out story. There, and, and another thing I will say is, and I think we disagree a little bit on this. I wasn't a huge fan of the set. And I'll tell you why, because I really want to hear your perspective on this, too. It is, first of all, a big, glorious, big, beautiful barn. Mm-hmm. It's lit really well. Um, so it's nice to see that because so many shows today are very, like, stripped down. Yes. Um, we had so many locations of mm-hmm. porches and then we go to Tampa, Florida and then there's outside the barn, there's inside the barn, there's in someone's house, there's on the truck. There's all these different locations in the town and I thought maybe a way to kind of add up to the camp of that could have been like fly a drop in, fly a drop out, wheel a set on and make the set the comedy too. Wheeling those units out and then flipping them to say Tampa was funny and then like, I don't know, I just found like so much of it doesn't set in the barn yeah. And so I understand, like, I liked the ensemble living in the barn and kind of appearing on the vocals. It was beautiful to look at. I understand there's this, like, these walls around the town and they don't leave the town and the barn resembles that. I just thought it would have been funny with the slapstick comedy if there was more of a bump, 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 and here's a new backdrop, and bump, 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 and the truck. And, and it yeah. could have added to some of that rather than just, like, a little piece. At times I felt like, am I watching something that's more like high school community theater where they were just bringing little pieces of sets on and off and using one set. I just thought the set could have been a little bit more enhanced. That's just my take on it. Well, it is a Scott Pask set, so we and know you're... not usually a fan know of those. I know, the Scott Pask I know. Sets. His name is on like a Scenic million design. shows. I feel like I sit on the fence. I I do disagree with you. I love the barn. Mm-hmm. I love that the barn represent, represents this broken town where these walls are all around them and i think that instead of what were they going to put us in a corny field and like corn around them no that would have been you would have hated that even more Mm. i think we needed to have that moment of knowing like these people are trapped in this town and that's what that barn represents and it just kind of left the mood where you can bring in different lighting from the barn. You can watch from morning to night in this barn. It just worked. I do agree with you, though, that (coughs) the Tampa section of the show where she leaves the town, I do think it needed to be stripped away. And it wasn't stripped away. Meaning what? The barn. Oh, you like not see the barn at all. Bring us to Tampa for 10 minutes. Right. Because I never felt like she actually left the town. And that was the one thing I was like, all right, this this is the moment where it's like, bring a scrim down or something. Yeah, and, and just do some like really cartoony, like, welcome to Tampa, right. something like silly. I also will say from a set perspective, the corn deflating and, and, and then like, and then like when it was like inflating, I guess we could use for, I guess that's what's actually literally happening. And they're like, go, go. And, they're like, and the corn's like slowly rising. It was such right. an ode to like old comedy bits, you know? Yeah, uh, it was I funny. Did. 
So, um, I did like most of the things we already talked about is what I did like. What didn't also work for me, I did feel like the direction at times felt a little stale. Okay. Um, I just moving around on a stage doesn't really do it for me all mm-hmm. the time. And it, I, it just didn't feel fully directed. And a lot of things became again, front and center singing. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. why? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, everything else I really did kind of like, and I also like for people that want to see this, like if you want something that's kind of funny and just lighthearted, then you should go see yeah. it. Cause that's what I think that this show is about. There's like, this is a show that really took like kind of the sexual innuendo kind of jokes and actually made it work. Whereas something like Bad Cinderella just was like, eh, didn't know no, it, it was like right. off. This was like funny, like you're saying, the corn rising, and they're like, come on. And then like the tap dancing <laughs> corn on the table was so cute. Like yes. it's just fun. It's fun. And if you're looking for something fun where you don't have to think and you just yeah. kind of watch some very light something fun and then you leave feeling good. That's what I think probably needs in a post-pandemic world like this. Yeah. Something really refreshing. So, nice show. Go check that out if you can. We really enjoyed that. Thank you, Shucked on Broadway, for having us. We had a really, really great yeah, time there. Yeah, it was there. a great time. Do you, one last thing on it. Do you think, what's the Tony potential? Oh, the Tony potential? I, I, I think it could get a few nominations. Alex Newell, for sure. I think maybe best score, even though I wasn't a huge fan of the score. It is a very original score. Mm-hmm. It could get best musical nomination. Which, speaking of the score, both Brandy Clark and Shane McAnally. 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 They're both Grammy nominated, and yeah. Shane is a Grammy award winning, um, yeah, writer. So yeah, so I, we'll see. But you know, you know, good right. stuff. Well, let's see. Nominations come out. Coming. Soon, oh yeah, right? yeah, soon. Uh, I believe maybe early May. Yeah, late April, early May, something like that. Nice. Yay! All right, we're moving over to pop land now. We had a brand new pop music album drop a few days ago. Who is it? What is it? Tell us all about it. Time. On to the next writer here, who uh, we're going to get into that in a little bit. But for pop music, Lana Del Rey came out with her ninth studio album. Did you know that there's a tunnel under Ocean Boulevard? Richie's favorite title. I have thoughts on the title, but we'll continue (laughs) onward. And just so everyone knows, Richie and I sat down uh, with our cup of coffee and we listened to the whole album together from start to finish. You can go check out that TikTok um, first impression video and see what we thought. But I think that was a fun thing that we did together, just sitting down and listening to the music. What what do you kind of feel like your initial thoughts were after listening to that album? I feel like as a whole, she has an aesthetic. She has a vibe. Mm-hmm. I thought the interstitial moments of the like features, mm-hmm. some monologues, some piano, it was nice. But then I, I really did take a step back and I said, mm, this is very inconsistent. And maybe that was intended. We go from upbeat to slow. Then there's like a monologue. Then there's piano. Then there's instrumental. Then, she's, then there's like three songs in a row that all kind of sounded the same. And then... It seems like it was multiple. Like when you listen to like Miley Cyrus Flowers, I feel like you get the vibe. Sometimes you just hear Midnight's, like you get the vibe. Until, okay. like, and there's like a general aesthetic. Mm-hmm. This seemed a little all over the map. And if that was the intention, well, then she hit the intention because it seemed like every track you didn't know what you were getting next. And cool. Okay. That's how I felt as a whole. I did like some individual songs a lot better yeah. than others, specifically Sweet. Really liked that. I also loved the John Batiste, like the piano moments. There were some really nice interludes there. Um, yeah, the title's really long. I don't really understand the purpose of making a whole album that really long title like that. Well, I think that's something that she's kind of always yeah. 
done. Yeah. That's like her thing. She has a beautiful, nice sound and some of her chord progressions and the way she writes, she writes a lot of this. Yeah. She does. Yeah. Is really, really well written and she performs it well. It's nice. I feel with Lana that you can really feel in her writing and in her vocals that she is coming from the soul. And when she is putting that out into this world, you you know that this is truly from her. And it's not just like her being a little pop star singing a song that maybe someone else wrote, which is fine. I'm not going to discredit that. But this is her work. This is her singer, songwriter, mm. pop work. And something that I feel like I truly resonate with this album and all of her albums really is you can tell her love for pop music and mm. you could tell her love for pop culture because she includes so many things into her music that are smart. Yeah. Uh, I know that it's probably not your perfect kind of cup of tea yeah. in terms of music, but when you really sit down with this album and you dive into the lyrics that she's writing, I feel like you would maybe find it a little different. We just listen to the album. Sure. I have so to listen to a little bit more. If you kind of put yourself in that moment and like, listen and actually read some of the lyrics because yeah her vocal aesthetic sometimes makes it a little hard yes. to make out what she is saying but it's good there's a no, lot it is of good, good stuff i enjoy a lot of what she's doing i just found that some of it is a little a lot of it does get repetitive for me right you know i always say that about someone like billy eilish but then she comes out with like a big moment and yeah. then she backs off a little bit and then there's another big and for Lana, there's no, like, let me belt. Like, let, it's all so subdued all the time. And if that's your thing, great. Like, yeah. you don't have to change if that's what's working for you. I just need to let it grow on me a little But bit. that is more of her pop alternative sound. Yeah. And one thing I kind of was, like, brewing on this with you and for someone like her is we love the idea. Well, I do, at least. I love the idea of pop stars and pop writers coming into the theater space. So how does someone like Lana really take that to the next level? Could she write her own musical? Not about her life. Yeah. Or maybe she takes a story. Like we know, example, um, Ingrid Michaelson writing yeah. the music to the Notebook right. musical right now. Right. Does Lana do something like this? Because if you look at her lyrics, they're so theatrical. They tell a story. It's a journey. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't she? You have Sheryl Crow writing Diner. You have Sarah Bareilles writing Waitress. I mean, Elton John has written a million Broadway musicals. Like, people do it. Phil Collins. Mm -hmm. Like, people do it. So why not? But right? how does she bring her aesthetic into a show? It always comes down to the story. And it comes down to, does the music help the story? Yeah. So if you're going it, to, it, it, it's kind of like what comes first, the chicken or the egg. Right. If, if Shucked, for example, had this story and then they needed music to supplement it versus to the musicians, say, I want to write some fun country Broadway right. and then the story. Well, I think it always comes down to the story. So she could write wonderful things, but what's the, who's the book writer on it? What's the story? I feel like she would be the book writer. Yeah. Maybe. Why don't maybe you she'll write a musical about California and. Or maybe she'll write a musical about corn. Or maybe she'll write already done. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe she'll write a musical about a tunnel under Ocean Boulevard. Oh, yeah. Like, why couldn't it just be called a tunnel or a tunnel under Ocean? What was it? A tunnel under Ocean Boulevard. What? There's, <laughs> there's a tunnel. Did you know? Did that you there's know? There's a tunnel oh. under Ocean Boulevard. Oh no, I didn't know. Next, like, uh, I know. I'm sorry. I just, I don't know. Imagine, I like, I like when you, midnight. I'm looking at some of the albums, like, like even her last Born to Die. That's behind you if you're looking at the. Like, what a, what a, wow, right? Okay, but you don't think that 
Did You Know That There's a Tunnel Under Ocean Boulevard is a standout album. You I, remember, I just right? think it could have it could have been called Tunnel Under Ocean Boulevard. No, did you know? I know. I know. <laughs> did you know? No, I didn't. Next. <laughs> My standout songs here are Sweet, which there's actually a great line in Sweet, by the way. It's, if you want some basic... Blank. Go to the Beverly Center and find her. Oh. Hmm. Lana. We can't say B on here or we yeah. have to put explicit on the podcast. Right. And We're not going to do that. <laughs> it's like, beep! <laughs> <laughs> then I also love A&W. I mean, I've already talked about A&W before, but... Yeah. You know, your mom called, I told her, you're effing up big time. Come on. that's That would be great on a stage. Yeah. <laughs> Margaret featuring Bleachers. Everyone knows I'm like the biggest Jack Antonoff stan. He's like my spirit animal that I want to be one day. <laughs> uh, that song is probably my top. And then Peppers, Hands on Your Knees, Angelina Jolie. You did like that. You repeat that. Come on, that's a bop. Yeah. No, that, it was good. It's a bop. It's fun. Yeah. It's <laughs> and Taco Truck, and she features VB in there, which is great. Love it. You know, I I kind of got off my Lana train for a little bit, and now, like, I'm back, and I feel like I need to go back and revisit some of her middle albums that I didn't fully invest myself into, because I think she is a really good writer, and I like her artistry, so. She did the Disney cover, too, of that song. What was it? Was it Once Upon a Dream? I love... Wasn't it that, like... Wasn't that her? Was that her or was oh my that gosh. Florence? Oh, Goodman Florence. They oh. have a similar sound. Maybe... It, no, I thought Lana did... Oh, did Lana do the, um... The Snake song from Jungle Books? Maybe that was her? I think she Ooh, did. was that, that instead? The, um... Stay with me or something. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. She did do one of them. Someone correct me out there. Yeah. I gotta look. Correct him. He wants to be corrected. <laughs> well, there we go. Nice. All, All right. right, we're moving on to some Broadway news. Some now. Broadway news. There wasn't a lot of Broadway news this um, few albums came this, out week, this week, but I did want to. <laughs> I had to bring up one thing because I still can't get over this Bad Cinderella opening night review that came out the other day. Oh, but <laughs> because we had just talked about Bad Cinderella and. Um, one of the titles from one of the reviews was Bad Cinderella's Glass Slipper, More Like a Moldy Croc. Oh, I know. That's really rough. That might be one of the roughest I know. reviews I didn't get good I reviews. ever seen. We'll see how it goes. I, I just, that was not our cup of tea at all. No. We talked about that. I know. Yeah, Sorry, was... I'm bringing Bad Cinderella up again. But I had to because I we read these reviews and I was like, yeah. oh, these were bad. Yeah. Yeah. Worse than I thought. Yep. But in good... Some Like It Hot came out with their yeah, cast, cast album, album oh. and Richie loves Some Like It Hot. I love Some Like It Hot, too. It's fun. But we saw this. There's a podcast episode on it, so go yep. check that one out. Yep. But I want to know, Richie, what your three favorite Some Like It Hot songs are, because we're going to be adding them to our Broadway playlist. Yes, go which check you should out also go yes, follow. Yes. But, which we'll be updating, actually, with yeah. three songs from each yeah. cast recording when it comes out. So let's hear them. I love the title, Something Like It Hot tune. That's a great, I believe it's Act 1 finale. Love that. Mm-hmm. That was like the song that we heard from day one. Mm-hmm. Love it. I love Let's Be Bad. For those of you who don't know, Let's Be Bad was from Smash. Same writers. They used it in the show instead. Totally works. Opening Act 2. Love it. I love the duet, You Can't Have Me If You Can't Have Him. It's the bosom buddy moment. It's the, the, uh, yeah. the um, what's that song from Singing in the Rain? Da, da, um, the two guys sing. 
Make them um, laugh. Make them laugh. Right. It's just like the two guys yeah. doing their thing. And I love it. And it's great. There's so many other great songs too, but those are my top It's three. also like Sully and Mike and Monsters Inc. Sure. Yeah, they have that song. Yeah, yeah, I can't, can't have you. you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love that old school probably feel. Also orchestrations, 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 jazz, jazz, jazz. The trumpets, like you're hitting notes that are like the saxophones with all those runs. Like, oh, that score. Those orchestra moments. Yes. Love the orchestra. I'm always for it. Big orchestra, too. Big orchestra. Songs are getting added to the playlist. Yeah. But now you've reminded me of something, which is another topic that we didn't really get to talk about. But let's be bad. Smash. Smash. Smash Music to Broadway. Not next year. The year after, they're saying announced. Susan Stroman. Two years from now. Thoughts? Not the Marilyn Monroe musical. Smash. The creation of the Marilyn. It's like the show within the show. Thoughts? Can't wait. Love it. Love no. that show. No, you're not digging it? Mm-mm. Oh. I think it's going to be great. No. Marilyn is a star. People like to see that. I think the show is fun. I just don't think we really need the Smash musical. We needed Bombshell. We need a Bombshell. Well, Bombshell looked like it was a good musical that they yeah. were doing in the show, right? So. I think missed opportunity with that. What are we going to be seeing? Like, Well, you know what? Susan Stroman's brilliant. She's doing New York, New York right now. She's brilliant. I wish she does. I'm very excited for New York, New York. Yeah, we have that coming up hopefully soon. So Yeah, I don't know. There's just something about, like, I don't know, the show within the show thing is something that's, like, beat the dead horse. Well, like, it works with Noises Off. It works. Well, I'm saying people have owned that already and have done that really well. But who's actually taken a fictional musical from a TV show and then actually made it real and put it on Broadway? Well, the first time for everything. Well, they're not doing it. Right. So we'll see. It's coming now. We'll see. I'm very excited for it. Should have been bombed. Because I want to hear it. Should have been. I want to hear "Let Me Be Your Star" belted live on a stage. I think it's a great song. Maybe, maybe Catherine McPhee will. Uh... Or Megan Hilty. Or maybe they'll alternate. Well, Megan Hilty needs to. I don't know about Catherine McPhee. We'll see. This was also like ten years ago. This show. So would they want to even do it? I mean, that show like, literally was like ten years ago. Yeah. Like they might just be like, oh, I don't know. They might want new people. Yeah. Well, so. Catherine McPhee will not be coming to that. I don't know. We'll see. Um. Great. Yay. Moving on to the pop music pop drop. Music drop time and my thoughts. The pop music drop. It's time for is it a bop or a flop with Richie? Yes. So starting with Chloe Body Do. I put good vibes on this. Love it. Bop. 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 Flow Fly Girl featuring Missy Elliott. I really liked this, and then I really liked it because of Missy Elliott. <laughs> I love Missy Elliott. I want to see her one day. Can we go? If she I just like that's my girl. I just love Missy Elliott. Guys, <laughs> he thinks everything is sung by Missy Elliott. <laughs> I just love her, and I love this song, and I hope this group grows. At least because this group is great. At least this is actually a time that Missy Elliott is in the song. Yeah, and I feel like the name of the group is Flow Fly. Flow, and the song is Fly Girl. Oh, Fly Girls, Flow. I want to see the group go. Like they were, they were great. So love it, love it. Haley Steinfeld, Sun Kissing. On the fence, gotta listen to it more. Not obsessed. Not bad though. Mm. He doesn't love the wind in the hair music. I do, but it's really oversaturated right now in pop. Maybe that's another episode for another day. I just feel like another everybody's episode. doing that right now. Charlie, the worst tasting girls. Love it. Bop, 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 bop. Ellie Golding by the end of the night. Bop ish. Has to grow on me. On the fence. And last, Scar, as far as we go. Nope. Not liking this one, sorry. Just not my style. All right, again. But it's okay. Again. When I give him a theatrical <laughs> pop song, he's like, hmm. 
maybe those worlds mm. have to really He's like, mm. blend, and I don't always feel that blend. This is okay. It's okay. Yeah. So you know what's so funny? Sometimes like my um pop or my pop music drop is full of female pop artists. Yeah. And I get I kind of get read for that sometimes well, that I don't include a lot of male voices, but. I think it's like, I don't know, sometimes they just don't do it for me, but when they do, they do. So when a male is featured on the pop music drop, just so you know, they're killing it. And yeah. if they're not, then they weren't killing it that week. Okay. Right? Yeah. Sorry, it just happens that way. <laughs> Send me more male artists. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. This was really great. We talked about a lot of great stuff today between Chucked, Lana, Something Like It Hot, Pop Music Drop, and there's so much more to come too. Which so is so much more. <gasps> Uh, oh my gosh, we're almost out of wow. time already. Wow. So what are so let's think we got coming up. We got some more pop music coming up. As you all know, every Monday we're listening to we're releasing our um episode. We're listening to some new stuff. We have a lot of shows coming up too a to lot. talk about. We just recently saw Life of Pi. We recently saw Camelot. Those are episodes coming up soon. Um there's so much more to come. Uh it's been a fun year of yeah. things. Yeah, there's so many things coming in April, so we're getting ready. We're buckling up. Tony season's coming. We're gonna have those Tony War predictions coming up. Mm-hmm. Some great concerts coming up this summer. So really, really excited. Yes. For sure. Well, Thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. So please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and Apple Music and leave us a review if you like what you've heard. And then come and join in on the conversation with us on Instagram, on TikTok, and let us know your thoughts about the content that we consume this week. Make sure you're checking out our Instagram at Half Hour Podcast. When we go to the shows, we do a quick on-the-street review. We post about being there. We put some reels up and some TikToks and things up of our experiences going to the shows. So if you like that, or maybe you're not in the New York area and you want to see like what what's the theaters looking like, what's mm-hmm. the streets on the street review, we're on the on Instagram doing a lot of that. So at Half Hour Podcast for at all the latest and greatest podcasts. Yay. Well, that's all for now. So signing off, I'm Jeff. And I'm Richie. Saying ta-ta. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.